Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to continue talking and teaching through Revelation chapter 12. Now, I started this the other day, and I was hoping I could make it all the way through the chapter, and I didn't. And the problem is, is now I kind of have to back up and get a running start so you can understand where we are. So I think I can make it all the way through the chapter today. But we're going to back up and let's start Revelation 12, verse 7. Now, this is talking about the war in heaven. And there's a constant, there's several arguments about prophecy. One is, how long is the tribulation? I can answer that without question. The tribulation is seven years long. How do you know that? Go back into Daniel chapter 4. The whole point of Daniel chapter 4 is to show us who the Antichrist is, and it is a resurrected Nebuchadnezzar, and how long his reign is going to be. And that is seven years. He was given a beast heart for seven years. That answers the question. He is the Antichrist, and he is given the beast heart for seven years, as in the seven-year tribulation. Perhaps I'll cover that more in detail another day, but for right now, that's all I'll say about it. So let's start at verse 7, Revelation twelve seven, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was the place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon... And that is the middle of the book of Revelation right there. And the great dragon was cast out. That's the point of the whole book of Revelation. Surprisingly, it's not about the coming of Christ. It is the throwing out of the dragon or the devil. So the the war in heaven means that in the middle of the tribulation, that's when Satan is cast out. That's when the beast is now going to go in and set on the Ark of the Covenant. That's the abomination of desolation. So we're picking it up in verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before God day and night. And, of course, that's the whole point of my book, is to put things in order. Revelation, you know, people can't put things in Revelation in the proper order. Where's the marriage supper of the Lamb? Where is the great white throne? When is the Bema seat? And, again, my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, puts those things in order. That's the whole point of the two visions and the 30 revelations and the audible voice that I had is to put things in Revelation in order. This, what I've been talking about here, the war in heaven and Satan cast out takes place in the middle of the tribulation. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. I used to think that in order to be an overcomer, you had to actually die for Jesus. That's not exactly what it's saying. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, means they accepted Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, which means that they could tell you what Jesus had done in their life. They didn't just ask him into the heart, but they had a testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death, meaning that they were willing to die for Christ. Doesn't mean that they necessarily do, but it means that they were willing to. Now, verse 12, we jump to uh, a scene in heaven. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens. And them that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. 
And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman, that's Israel, specifically those people that have the testimony of Jesus and keep the commandments of God, meaning Christians. So in the middle of the tribulation, when they see the Antichrist set on the Ark of the Covenant, those people that are Christians that know about Matthew 24, know about the warning Jesus spoke, they will run south, 216 miles straight south of Jerusalem to the real Mount Sinai. That's where they will have sacrifices of praise, not sacrifices of animals. They will have sacrifices of praise. As I talked about this in the last broadcast talking on this, on the way down, the devil will cause a flood and try to kill those people leaving Jerusalem as Jesus commanded. But the earth is going to open up, swallow up the flood, and they go ahead and make it on down to the real Mount Sinai. There, they are supernaturally protected by God for the last three and a half years of the tribulation, and that's the whole point of that. Now, let's go on, verse 13. And when the dragon saw that it was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, again, that's the church running south, which brought forth the man-child, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time, that's one year, times, that's two years, and half a time, or three and a half years, from the face of the serpent. I cannot tell you how many times people, they assume, they jump in, oh, well, you know, that's probably an airplane, and I can't tell you all the different thoughts that people have had about it. They're guessing. They're guessing. Okay, so... What does it mean? And to the women were given two wings of a great eagle. Again, that thing which was is that thing which shall be. Means that if it hasn't already been done in the past, spoken of in the scripture, tain't going to happen in the future. Okay, so when he says wings of a great eagle, taking a people to a group of people to a place, when does that happen? You go back into, and I don't have exactly the verse here, but you go back, oh, here it is, Exodus 19.4. And it says that I brought you out of Egypt on the wings of an eagle. So as they left Egypt and they went to Mount Sinai, once again, they're going to be brought out of Jerusalem on the wings of an eagle, but they will be brought out of Jerusalem down to the Mount Sinai again. The difference is, is this is going to be Christians that will be offering sacrifices of praise not sacrifices of animals. That's what it's talking about. So when it says, and the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, same thing. In other words, she is supernaturally protected as Christians. And if you ask me, I'm probably going to be one of those people because I plan to go there to build a land of unwalled villages. Probably at this time, I'll be living in Jerusalem, but we will see. Two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. One of the things that I want to do when we hit oil, anytime I say that, I have to give you a disclaimer, we cannot guarantee that we're ever going to drill for or find oil in Israel. But one of the things I want to do is when we hit oil in Israel, I want to build a land of unwalled villages. The land of unwalled villages is talked about in Ezekiel 38, verse, starts at verse 11 says, the land of unwalled villages, to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates, the desolate places that are now inhabited upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. This, I believe, is talking about the Christians 
and Jews. There's several scriptures that says in the last days that God is going to gather the Christians and the Jews. The, the very last verse of Ezekiel 39 says, and I will leave none of them there, meaning every Jew on the planet of the earth will move back to Israel for the last days, and most of the Christians will leave and move back there as well. One of the things I want to do when we go over there and when we drill and hit oil, I want to be able to present to Israel and say, okay, let's make a deal. Uh, you want the oil? Uh, I want land. So, and of course, at this time, Israel is going to emerge out of World War III, the great victory. You remember that the fall of America starts with the internal revolution and then Russia attacks and then all of the other nations goes down to attack Israel, I mean, to attack uh, Russia. And that's all in World War III. And Russia is defeated. She's back to the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty. But Israel emerges World War III, the great victory. The Bible says she will get back all of her land. That is from the Nile all the way over to the Euphrates. That includes most all of what is today Jordan and Iraq, about two-thirds of Iraq, and probably also included Saudi Arabia. Why do I say Saudi Arabia? Because not only was Abraham told, I will give you uh, the land that the sole of your feet walks on. He also said that to Moses. Well, Moses walked all over Saudi Arabia. That's what the Bible calls the wilderness. Today we call it a desert or Saudi Arabia. How do we know this? Well, when Ron Wyatt was following the footsteps of the Hebrew or Baru or the children of Israel, whatever you want to call them, he said, as he's walking through the desert, and of course, you may be saying, why? How can he follow a bunch of people walking through sand in the desert? He said, actually, it was not all that difficult. He says, because when you have three million men, not counting their women or the children or their cattle or their goats or their sheep or the whatever it was, he says, as the, they have that many people walking through the desert, he said, things break. You know, pottery breaks. And he said, and of course, in that it is the desert, if you dropped it there 3,000 years ago, it's still there in the same condition today. He said, so actually it wasn't difficult to follow them as they walked through the desert. And he said, but what I kept noticing is on these rocks and various things, I kept seeing this strange <laughs> drawing. And he said, and there was always these three funny looking marks beside it. He said, finally... He said it was the hand of God in one of the little towns. I began asking, what is this? And they said, well, that is a sandal print. He said, all of a sudden the light turned on. He said, of course. He said, what they were doing is they would put their sandal up against a rock and step on it. And then they would scrape around their sandal, meaning a footprint. And then the three little marks he saw, he said he saw beside that was the ancient Hebrew word, for soul. So what they were doing is marking all of Saudi Arabia as being part of the land God gave Moses. And they were saying, I was here. This is my footprint. Soul. Wherever the sole of your foot stepped, I will give it to you. And he said he found those all over Saudi Arabia. Now, he didn't find anything down in southern Saudi Arabia, so it may be that that land is not going to be given to Israel. But I can almost guarantee you that the real Mount Sinai, which is, again, 216 miles straight south 
of Jerusalem. If you want to know this information, you can go to, I think it's Ron Wyatt Museum. You can also look up uh, Jim and Penny Caldwell. They have a website too, Jim and Penny Caldwell. Leslie and I spent the whole weekend with them in their personal home. They showed us, well, like two stones that they believed were grinding stones to grind the manna. They also showed us a couple of sticks that they said that were from two trees, that there were giant cedar trees. He said they were probably the giant, the biggest. He said they're so big you can see from satellite. And he said that probably the reason these cedar trees were so old and lived so long, and even though they were in the desert, is because those probably were the, the trees that were on fire from the glory of God. They also showed us the split rock. Remember where uh, Moses first struck the rock and water came out? Amazing things. Matter of fact, Jim and Penny Caldwell did most of the discoveries of Saudi Arabia. Now, Ron Wyatt brought them to light for most of the world to hear about. But Jim and Penny Caldwell were the ones that discovered them. Anyway, back to the land of unwell villages. So when we go there, what I plan to do is go to three different locations. And we're going to pray over it. God gave me a, a dream of me praying over an area, and all of a sudden there was a real deep earthquake. And uh, here, let me let me tell you the story. Uh, here, I'll tell you what. Let me come back to that story. Let me finish the book of Revelation. I only got a couple more scriptures here. Then I'll come back to that story. We'll talk more about oil. Okay, so we're in verse 15, Revelation 12. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Meaning, as the Christians that do know their God and spot the abomination of desolation. They spot the Antichrist set on the Ark of the Covenant and proclaim himself God and stop animal sacrifice. When they see that, they're going to get out of Dodge. They're going to run, and they're going to run straight south. And when they run south, the devil is going to cause a great flood. But the earth will open up and help the woman. That's what it's saying. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Meaning, so what happens is, when these Christians see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Matthew, I mean Matthew 24 by Jesus, they will then run south. They're told not to go back and collect their food or anything. Run south. And it doesn't say south, but I believe they'll run south. I believe the Spirit of God is going to be guiding and directing them. But on the way down there, the devil sends a big flood trying to drown them all. And the earth causes a crack, swallows up the flood. Now, the dragon sees that God is supernaturally protecting these Christians. And so that's when the dragon is wroth with the woman. The woman is Israel here and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Now, why? Because those people that are Christians that read the New Testament, specifically Matthew 24, and understand what Matthew 24 is saying when it says, when you see the abomination of spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, don't come down off the housetop, don't pack, don't collect $200, don't pass go. Or, I mean, that's not the scripture way to quote it. But the point is, they, they are told to run. And I believe there's a very good possibility I will be among them, my wife and I, and, and those people that listen to Prophecy Club. I mean, I believe there will be a time that God will tell me, okay, tell the people. Matter of fact, I'll come back to that and talk about that too. Anyway, so 
The devil then goes back to Jerusalem and he causes all the havoc he possibly can with all the Christians. This, of course, is now he's already said on the Ark of the Covenant, he's already called himself Christ or the Messiah or the Mahdi or whatever you want to call them at that time. And it says, and the remnant of her seed, meaning these are the people that didn't recognize the abomination of desolation, and they see the beast as the Antichrist, they didn't flee. So in Jerusalem, there's a lot of Christians, but there's also a lot of people that are not Christians that still haven't accepted Christ. And that's the reason it says, and the dragon was wroth with the woman, so he was angry with Israel, and then he went back to Jerusalem to make war with the remnant of her seed. That's the Jews. These are those part of them at this point do could keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. But they did not read Matthew 24. They didn't understand that when the devil sets on the Ark of the Covenant and commits the abomination of desolation, that they need to run. So they didn't run, or they maybe knew about it, but they just didn't obey. And so they didn't run, so they're still in Jerusalem. Okay, so on the way down, the people that do know their God have the testimony of Jesus, keep the commandments of God. In other words, they believe in Jesus. They see and recognize the abomination of desolation. They run. And the devil sends a flood. The earth opens up her mouth, swallows up the flood. So then the, the devil or the beast then turns around and goes back to Jerusalem to cause havoc with the people that are left there. That's the reason that people say, oh, I want to be a remnant of Jesus. No, you don't. This is the remnant. It says here, with the remnant of her seed. You don't want to be remnant. You want to be an overcomer. I don't want to be a remnant. Remnant are the ones that didn't recognize the Matthew 24. They didn't recognize the abomination of desolation. Instead, they stayed in Jerusalem. They did not do as Jesus commanded them. Jesus told them, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, run. They didn't do that. Consequently, they're left in Jerusalem. All right, now let me go back and talk about oil for a second. So I had this dream. And I could pull up the exact date, but I'm kind of talking here off the top of my head, so I'll just do it right now. But anyway, so I had this dream. Didn't ask for it. Had this dream that I was in a desert place. I believe it to be Israel. And I had a friend with me, but he was faceless in the dream. I didn't know who it was, and he was with me. And there was this big concrete block that once was an oil rig. See, I, I grew up in West Texas. I grew up in the oil patch. <laughs> uh, all the people, all my, my my high school friends, college friends, they were all in the oil business. <laughs> and uh, so I, I'd been, I mean, the fact that I grew up with the pump jack literally walking distance from my house. It was, used to put me to sleep every night. Uh, click, click. Uh, I can still make the sound today, click, click, as this pump jack is going. And I was just back at the house I don't know, four or five years ago. It's still there. It's still there, still pumping. Anyway, so I know what it is when they have pulled a pump jack. I know what the ground looks like when crude oil has spilled into it. I know what a pipe sticking up. I know what an abandoned oil site looks like. I've seen lots of them. I grew up in the oil patch. Well, that's what it was. I saw this giant concrete block about eh, four feet across, two feet high, and probably eight to ten foot long, and that's what they mount the pump jack on. 
Well, in this dream, all of a sudden, I jumped up on this concrete block, and I pointed down into the earth, and I said, there's oil coming out of there. And about that time, there was this real deep rumbling, like you could you could feel it and kind of sort of hear it. I don't know if you could maybe feel it more than you could hear it, but it was like a really, really deep rumbling. I could I could feel it and hear it, I, or maybe by the Spirit. I, but anyway, it happened real deep down into the earth, and then it got bigger and bigger, and all of a sudden, whoosh, there was about six or eight that used to be dry, abandoned wells. All of a sudden, this oil squirted up about, oh, 18 to 20 feet into the air, and then all of a sudden, it just fell back silent. And I turned back to my faceless friend behind me, which I'll explain in a second, face, faceless friend behind me, and I said, oil just flowed into those that formation. Quick, we've got to go down and file papers before they find out that oil just flowed into this formation. And then about that time, papers appeared in my hand, and we went down and filed with Israel to claim that land. Now, that's one of the first things I want to do. I believe if God was guiding me and directing me that at the time, that is when we had the money to drill, there's no sense of going over there, doing anything till we had the money, because Israel won't give us a cotton-picking thing, is the way we say here in Texas, a cotton-picking thing until you got the money. So we have to wait until we have the money to actually drill and lay pipes and things like that. Plus, you got to prove you got a lot of money before they even give you permission to drill. So anyway, I believe that this is probably, no, I'm not even going to say that. There's three different places in Israel where I want to go and pray over and do that. And I will literally, we plan to do a salt covenant and take communion and there's several things we want to do, which I won't go, in, go into in the specific locations. And I believe at one of those times, we will literally feel an earthquake as the Lord is going to cause oil to flow into the formation. Now, what formation? Well, done a little research on this. Since 1953, there has been 507 holes drilled in the land, not the sea, in the land of Israel looking for oil. And at last check, which was five or six years ago, only seven of them are pumping today. Means that around 500 of those holes are dry holes. As a matter of fact, it's almost a laughing stock because here all of these Arab nations around Israel have oil. They have massive, I mean, Saudi Arabia, many of them have massive amounts of oil. And yet Israel, just a little dribbling. As a matter of fact, the seven holes that are producing most of them are only producing about 50 barrels a day. That's the good ones. That's not much oil. <laughs> and so it's almost a laughing stock. Yeah, Israel thinks it has oil, but it ain't got no oil. As a matter of fact, there's people up in the Golan Heights that have advertised that they have oil. Yeah, well, that was two, three years ago. Where's the oil? <laughs> there ain't none. These people keep proclaiming, ah, we found oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's the oil? because it hadn't made it to the refineries yet. Well, what we want to do is go and prophesy over the land, and we believe that the oil will be released to us. Now, yes, I still have some people that are ready at the right time to present. Um, well, I'll just tell you about six rigs. Now, the kind of rigs we want to get, these are not small rigs. The kind of rigs we want to get are capable of drilling down to 40,000 feet. That's the deepest well ever drilled. And it takes about 180 18-wheel trucks 
to move a rig of that size. Takes them six months to build it, about $32 million per rig. Yes, again, at the right time, God will give me the money. I'll, maybe I'll talk about that too. So anyway, um, we want to take these rigs. Takes about six months to build, a month to move over there, about the month to assemble. And these rigs are not designed to be set up and then unassembled. The ones we want to get are the kinds that move well, kind of like uh, kind of like a, a duck does, and it moves to the next place. And it is designed to drill a lot of holes in a lot of places and very deep holes, very quick and big and very powerful rigs. We want to move them probably to the three locations that the Bible says. That's another thing I haven't told you, but I believe I found the specific scripture that is, as long as you have the correct map, and he showed me there's about 30 different maps. Here I am kind of telling you all my secrets here, but there's 30 different maps on the Internet that tell you where the 12 tribes of Israel and what land was given to who. Problem is, only one of them is accurate. Well, again, God, by revelation, showed me which one and actually gives me scriptures to back it up and prove. I got all this in a PowerPoint that I've never recorded and never released and at this point, it's only good notes for me, but I thought I would release the PowerPoint after we hit oil. So once we hit oil, then what I want to do is go to Israel and say, I want you to give me a large plot of land. And I want to be able to bring people back from around the globe, Christians and Jews. Matter of fact, we even got the right person to put on TV. I mean, all of these things God has directed us to do. So there's some very big things coming down the pike for Prophecy Club. Right now, I'd recommend the thing you need to do is get yourself informed. I believe my book, if I can be humble about it, my book, God gave me the wisdom and even the inclination to memorize the book of Revelation. It was all him. And he gave me the 30 visions, the excuse me, the 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. You need to get that book, and you need to read it probably several times, because I believe it is probably, if not the best book on Bible prophecy, obviously outside of the Bible, it is definitely one of them. And it's not because I'm smart, because I tell you right quick, I didn't know one thing that is in this book when I first started memorizing the book of Revelation back in 2017. All of this is given by the revelation of God. It is totally new information. And so far of the over 10,000 books we've sold, no one has emailed me saying, oh, I already knew this. Not one. It's all new information. Why? Not because Stan is something special. It's because you are. It's because you are living in the last days. And I've been, I've told you, I've been called to build an end time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. And that's the reason we are going to be getting the sevenfold miracle crusade set up and going again. April 8 through 12, go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There it tells you all about it and how you can get signed up. And I can tell you that all of our staff is excited beyond belief because we all know that this crusade is going to be bigger and better than the first crusade. Matter of fact, we were talking about it this morning and I asked the staff, I said, do you think that we will see sevenfold miracles I think I'm not even going to answer that question. I'm not even going to tell you what they said, but we had a very long and very good discussion about it. 
we think that we are very close to some very, very, very big global things taking place. And yes, part of them is the arrests. Part of them is a new financial system. We've kind of been talking about that. And oil fits into it big time. I believe the the funds from the oil will finance us bringing back the Christians and Jews from around the world, building the land of unwalled villages in the south and the southwest part of Israel, the land that Israel will get after she wins World War III and gets back all of her land. So there's some big, 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 powerful things just around the corner. But right now, I would say the thing you need to do is to go to prophecyclub.com. You can also order it at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I would say get signed up to be at the sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. And while you're there, also order my book, one for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, don't do that. You want to have extra copies to hand around. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. And what I say is if you'll read the first 13 pages, I believe you'll start giving the book away to other people. And just for the first 13 pages, you will say that this is an amazing book on Bible prophecy. I've got good news. We are going to offer the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade next year, April 8th through the 12th in 2020. Find out more about it by going to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. 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 Sevenfold